0: Chapter 23 of the D'Artagnan Romances, Volume 1, The Three Musketeers, by Alexandre Dumas, translated by William Robson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Rendezvous D'Artagnan ran home immediately, and although it was three o'clock in the morning, and he had some of the worst quarters of Paris to traverse, he met with no misadventure. Everyone knows that drunkards and lovers have a protecting deity. He found the door of his passage open, sprang up the stairs, and knocked softly in a manner agreed upon between him and his lackey. Planchet, whom he had sent home two hours before from the Hotel de Ville, telling him to sit up for him, opened the door for him. The reader may ask, how came Planchet here, when he was left stiff as a rush in London, in the intervening time Buckingham perhaps sent him to Paris, as he did the horses? "'Has anyone brought a letter for me?' asked D'Artagnan eagerly. "'No one has brought a letter, monsieur,' replied Planchet, "'but one has come of itself.' "'What do you mean, Blockhead?' "'I mean to say that when I came in, although I had the key of your apartment in my pocket, and that key had never quit me, I found a letter on the green table cover in your bedroom.' "'And where is that letter?' i left it where i found it monsieur it is not natural for letters to enter people's houses in this manner if the window had been open or even ajar i should think nothing of it but no all was hermetically sealed beware monsieur there is certainly some magic underneath meanwhile the young man had darted into his chamber and opened the letter it was from madame bonacieux and was expressed in these terms there are many thanks to be offered to you and to be transmitted to you be this evening about ten o'clock at saint cloud in front of the pavilion which stands at the corner of the house of m d'estray c b while reading this letter d'artagnan felt his heart dilated and compressed by that delicious spasm which tortures and caresses the hearts of lovers it was the first billet he had received it was the first rendezvous that had been granted him his heart swelled by the intoxication of joy, felt ready to dissolve away at the very gate of that terrestrial paradise called love. "'Well, monsieur,' said Planchet, who had observed his master grow red and pale successively, "'did I not guess truly? Is it not some bad affair?' "'You are mistaken, Planchet,' replied D'Artagnan, "'and as a proof there is a crown to drink my health.' I am much obliged to monsieur for the crown he had given me, and I promise him to follow his instructions exactly, but it is not the less true that letters which come in this way into shut-up houses—' "'Fall from heaven, my friend, fall from heaven!' "'Then monsieur is satisfied?' asked Planchet. "'My dear Planchet, I am the happiest of men!' and I may profit by Monsieur's happiness and go to bed. Yes, go. May the blessings of heaven fall upon Monsieur, but it is not the less true that that letter— And Planchet retired, shaking his head with an air of doubt, which the liberality of D'Artagnan had not entirely effaced. Left alone, D'Artagnan read and re-read his billets, Then he kissed and re-kissed twenty times the lines traced by the hand of his beautiful mistress. At length he went to bed, fell asleep, and had golden dreams. At seven o'clock in the morning he arose and called Planchet, who, at the second summons, opened the door, his countenance not yet quite freed from the anxiety of the preceding night. "'Planchet,' said D'Artagnan, "'I am going out for all day, perhaps.' You are, therefore, your own master till seven o'clock in the evening. But at seven o'clock you must hold yourself in readiness with two horses. There, said Planchet. We are going again, it appears, to have our hides pierced in all sorts of ways. You will take your musketoon and your pistols. There, now, didn't I say so, cried Planchet. I was sure of it. The cursed letter. Don't be afraid, you idiot. There is nothing in hand but a party of pleasure. Ah, like the charming journey the other day when it rained bullets and produced a crop of steel traps. Well, if you are really afraid, Monsieur Planchet, resumed D'Artagnan, I will go without you. I prefer traveling alone to having a companion who entertains the least fear. "'Monsieur does me wrong,' said Planchet. "'I thought he had seen me at work.' "'Yes, but I thought perhaps you had worn out all your courage the first time.' "'Monsieur shall see that upon occasion I have some left. Only I beg monsieur not to be too prodigal of it if he wishes it to last long. "'Do you believe you have still a certain amount of it to expend this evening?' "'I hope so, monsieur.' well then i count on you at the appointed hour i shall be ready only i believed that monsieur had but one horse in the guard stables perhaps there is but one at this moment but by this evening there will be four it appears that our journey was a remounting journey then exactly so said d'artagnan and nodding to planchet he went out monsieur bonacieux was at his door d'Artagnan's intention was to go out without speaking to the worthy mercer but the latter made so polite and friendly a salutation that his tenant felt obliged not only to stop but to enter into conversation with him besides how is it possible to avoid a little condescension toward a husband whose pretty wife has appointed a meeting with you that same evening at saint cloud opposite d'Estre's pavilion d'Artagnan approached him with the most amiable air he could assume The conversation naturally fell upon the incarceration of the poor man. Monsieur Bonacieux, who was ignorant that D'Artagnan had overheard his conversation with the stranger of Mayung, related to his young tenant the persecutions of that monster. Monsieur de La Fama, whom he never ceased to designate during his account by the title of the Cardinal's Executioner, and expatiated at great length upon the Bastille, the bolts, the wickets, the dungeons the gratings the instruments of torture d'artagnan listened to him with exemplary complacence and when he had finished said and madame bonacieux do you know who carried her off for i do not forget that i owe to that unpleasant circumstance the good fortune of having made your acquaintance ah oh, said bonacieux they took good care not to tell me that and my wife on her part has sworn to me by all that's sacred that she does not know. But you,' continued Monsieur Bonacieux, in a tone of perfect good fellowship, "'what has become of you all these days? I have not seen you nor your friends, and I don't think you could gather all that dust that I saw Planchet brush off your boots yesterday from the pavement of Paris.' you are right my dear monsieur bonacieux my friends and i have been on a little journey far from here oh lord no about forty leagues only we went to take monsieur athos to the waters of forges where my friends still remain and you have returned have you not replied monsieur bonacieux giving to his countenance a most sly air a handsome young fellow like you does not obtain long leaves of absence from his mistress and we were impatiently waited for at paris were we not my faith said the young man laughing i confess it and so much more the readily my dear bonacieux as i see there is no concealing anything from you yes i was expected and very impatiently i acknowledge A slight shade passed over the brow of Bonacieux, but so slight that D'Artagnan did not perceive it. "'And we are going to be recompensed for our diligence,' continued the mercer with a trifling alteration in his voice, so trifling indeed that D'Artagnan did not perceive it any more than he had the momentary shade, which an instant before had darkened the countenance of the worthy man.' (laughs) you may you be a true prophet said d'artagnan laughing no what i say replied bonacieux is only that i may know whether i am delaying you why that question my dear host asked d'artagnan do you intend to sit up for me no but since my arrest and the robbery that was committed in my house I am alarmed every time I hear a door open, particularly in the night. What the deuce can you expect? I am no swordsman. Well, don't be alarmed if I return at one, two, or three o'clock in the morning. Indeed, do not be alarmed if I do not come at all. This time Bonacieux became so pale that d'Artagnan could not help perceiving it and asked him what was the matter. Uh, Nothing replied bonacieux nothing since my misfortunes i have been subject to faintnesses which seize me all at once and i have just felt a cold shiver pay no attention to it you have nothing to occupy yourself with but being happy then i have full occupation for i am so not yet wait a little this evening you said Well, this evening will come, thank God, and perhaps you look for it with as much impatience as I do. Perhaps this evening Madame Bonacieux will visit the conjugal domicile. Madame Bonacieux is not at liberty this evening, replied the husband seriously. She is detained at the Louvre this evening by her duties. So much the worse for you, my dear host, so much the worse. When I am happy, I wish all the world to be so, but it appears that is not possible. The young man departed, laughing at the joke which he thought he alone could comprehend. Amuse yourself well, replied Bonacieux in a sepulchral tone. But D'Artagnan was too far off to hear him, and if he had heard him in the disposition of mind he then enjoyed, he certainly would not have remarked it. He took his way toward the hotel of Monsieur de Treville. His visit of the day before, it is to be remembered, had been very short and very little explicative. He found Treville in a joyful mood. He had thought the king and queen charming at the ball. It is true the cardinal had been particularly ill-tempered. He had retired at one o'clock under the pretense of being indisposed. As to their majesties, they did not return to the Louvre till six o'clock in the morning. Now! said treville lowering his voice and looking into every corner of the apartment to see if they were alone now let us talk about yourself my young friend for it is evident that your happy return has something to do with the joy of the king the triumph of the queen and the humiliation of his eminence you must look out for yourself what have i to fear replied d'artagnan as long as I shall have the luck to enjoy the favor of their majesties. Everything, believe me. The cardinal is not the man to forget a mystification until he has settled account with the mystifier, and the mystifier appears to me to have the air of being a certain young Gascon of my acquaintance. Do you believe that the cardinal is as well posted as yourself, and knows that I have been to London? the devil you have been to london was it from london you brought that beautiful diamond that glitters on your finger beware my dear d'artagnan a present from an enemy is not a good thing are there not some latin verses upon that subject stop yes doubtless replied d'artagnan who had never been able to cram the first rudiments of that language into his head and who had by his ignorance driven his master to despair "'Yes. Doubtless there is one.' "'There certainly is one,' said Monsieur de Treville, who had a tincture of literature. "'And Monsieur de Benserade was quoting it to me the other day. Stop a minute. Ah, this is it. Temeo d'Aneos et Dona Ferentes, which means, "'Beware of the enemy who makes you presents.' "'This diamond does not come from an enemy, Monsieur.' replied d'artagnan it comes from the queen from the queen oh oh said monsieur de treville why it is indeed a true royal jewel which is worth a thousand pistoles if it is worth a denier by whom did the queen send you this jewel she gave it to me herself where in the room adjoining the chamber in which she changed her toilet how giving me her hand to kiss you have kissed the queen's hand said Monsieur de treville looking earnestly at d'artagnan her majesty did me the honor to grant me that favor and that in the presence of witnesses imprudent thrice imprudent no monsieur be satisfied nobody saw her replied d'Artagnan, and he related to Monsieur de Treville how the affair came to pass. "'Oh, the women! The women!' cried the old soldier. "'I know them by their romantic imagination. Everything that savors of mystery charms them. You have seen the arm. That was all. You would meet the queen, and she would not know who you are.' "'No, but thanks to this diamond,' replied the young man. "'Listen.' said monsieur de treville shall i give you counsel good counsel the counsel of a friend you will do me honor monsieur said d'artagnan well then off to the nearest goldsmith's and sell that diamond for the highest price you can get from him however much of a jew he may be he will give you at least eight hundred pistoles pistoles have no name young man And that ring has a terrible one, which may betray him who wears it. Sell this ring? A ring which comes from my sovereign? Never, said D'Artagnan. Then at least turn the gem inside, you silly fellow, for everybody must be aware that a cadet from Gascony does not find such stones in his mother's jewel case. You think, then, I have something to dread? asked d'artagnan i mean to say young man that he who sleeps over a mine the match of which is already lighted may consider himself in safety in comparison with you the devil said d'artagnan whom the positive tone of monsieur de treville began to disquiet the devil what must i do above all things be always on your guard The cardinal has a tenacious memory, and a long arm. You may depend upon it. He will repay you by some ill turn." "'But of what sort?' "'Eh, how can I tell? Has he not all the tricks of a demon at his command? The least that can be expected is that you will be arrested.'" "'What? Will they dare to arrest a man in his majesty's service?' pardieu they did not scruple much in the case of athos at all events young man rely upon one who has been thirty years at court do not lull yourself in security or you will be lost but on the contrary it is i who say it see enemies in all directions if any one seeks a quarrel with you shun it were it with a child of ten years old if you are attacked by day or by night fight but retreat without shame if you cross a bridge, feel every plank of it with your foot, lest one should give way beneath you. If you pass before a house which is being built, look up, for fear of a stone should fall upon your head. If you stay out late, be always followed by your lackey, and let your lackey be armed. If, by the by, you can be sure of your lackey, mistrust everybody." your friend your brother your mistress your mistress above all d'artagnan blushed my mistress above all repeated he mechanically and why her rather than another because a mistress is one of the cardinal's favorite means he has not one that is more expeditious a woman will sell you for ten pistoles witness Delilah. You are acquainted with the scriptures. D'Artagnan thought of the appointment Madame Bonacieux had made with him for that very evening. But we are bound to say, to the credit of our hero, that the bad opinion entertained by Monsieur de Treville of women in general did not inspire him with the least suspicion of his pretty hostess. But, apropos, resumed Monsieur de Treville, what has become of your three companions?' I was about to ask you if you had heard any news of them. None, monsieur. Well, I left them on my road. Porthos at Chantilly, with a duel on his hands. Aramis at Crevecourt, with a ball in his shoulder. And Athos, at Amiens, detained by an accusation of coining. See there now, said monsieur de Treville. And how the devil did you escape? by a miracle monsieur i must acknowledge with a sword thrust in my breast and by nailing the comte de wardes on the by-road to calais like a butterfly on a tapestry there again de wardes is one of the cardinal's men or cousin of rochefort stop my friend i have an idea speak monsieur in your place i would do one thing what while his eminence was seeking for me in Paris, I would take, without sound of drum or trumpet, the road to Picardy, and would go and make some inquiries concerning my three companions. What the devil! They merit richly that piece of attention on your part. The advice is good, monsieur, and tomorrow I will set out. Tomorrow? Any, why not this evening?' this evening monsieur i am detained in paris by indispensable business ah young man young man some flirtation or other take care i repeat to you take care it is woman who has ruined us still ruins us and will ruin us as long as the world stands take my advice and set out this evening impossible monsieur you have given your word then yes monsieur ah that's quite another thing but promise me if you should not be killed tonight that you will go tomorrow i promise it do you need money i have still fifty pistoles that i think is as much as i shall want but your companions i don't think they can be in need of any we left paris each with seventy-five pistoles in his pocket shall i see you again before your departure i think not monsieur unless something new should happen well a pleasant journey thanks monsieur d'artagnan left Monsieur de treville touched more than ever by his paternal solicitude for his musketeers he called successively at the abodes of athos porthos and aramis Neither of them had returned. Their lackeys likewise were absent, and nothing had been heard of either the one or the other. He would have inquired after them of their mistresses, but he was neither acquainted with Porthos's nor Aramis's. And as to Athos, he had none. As he passed the Hotel de God, he took a glance into the stables. Three of the four horses had already arrived. Planchet, all astonishment, was busy grooming them, and had already finished two. "'Ah, monsieur!' said planchet on perceiving d'artagnan how glad i am to see you why so planchet asked the young man do you place confidence in our landlord monsieur bonacieux i not the least in the world oh you do quite right monsieur but why this question because while you were talking with him I watched you without listening to you, and, monsieur, his countenance changed color two or three times. Bah! Preoccupied as monsieur was with the letter he had received, he did not observe that, but I, whom the strange fashion in which that letter came into the house had placed on my guard, I did not lose a movement of his features. And you found it? Traitorous, monsieur! Indeed. Still more, as soon as monsieur had left and disappeared round the corner of the street, monsieur Bonacieux took his hat, shut his door, and set off at a quick pace in an opposite direction. It seems you are right, Planchet. All this appears to be a little mysterious, and be assured that we will not pay him our rent until the matter shall be categorically explained to us. Monsieur jests but monsieur will see what would you have planchet what must come is written monsieur does not then renounce his excursion for this evening quite the contrary planchet the more ill will i have toward monsieur bonacieux the more punctual i shall be in keeping the appointment made by that letter which makes you so uneasy then that is monsieur's determination undeniably my friend at nine o'clock then be ready here at the hotel i will come and take you planchet seeing there was no longer any hope of making his master renounce his project heaved a profound sigh and set to work to groom the third horse as to d'artagnan being at bottom a prudent youth instead of returning home went and dined with the gascon priest who at the time of the distress of the four friends had given them a breakfast of chocolate. End of chapter twenty three, Recording by John Van Stan, Savannah, Georgia.